Coming at you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Float, Odyssey, Telegram, and Twitch. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. I am Toolman Tim, and today is July 25th, 2022, and this is episode 144 of the Workshop Podcast. I'm recording this intro after uh, the discussion. I had a great time. Nicole was on, Nicole Sauce from Living Free in Tennessee. We had a great time. She shared a whole bunch of stuff all about freeze-drying, and we even spent about 15 minutes at the end talking about sheep. So real quick, let's get the announcements out of the way, and then we'll get on to the interview. Number one, CanadianCoffeeCompany.ca. If you're in Canada and you want a way to support the content I create, that is the easiest way to do it. Go by there and check out some of the custom blends that we have chosen ourselves and put together and order some. Let me know what you think. Number two, if you want another way to support us, listen to the podcast on Fountain.fm. You'll earn crypto, I'll earn crypto. It's a great way to support all of your local local what am i talking about tim your favorite podcaster so go by there check that out if you're not using it yet oh it's awesome and number three join the telegram group guys i love that group that is our place for discussion it's our place to help everyone else out so go by there and check that out links in the description and today's tool is the stanley french press coffee maker it's awesome it's durable. I take, I use it quite a bit down here, actually, in my office. Fill it up before the show, and it's an easy way to keep the coffee around. But the thing is just absolutely built like a brick shit house. Forty-eight ounce capacity. So check it out. I have the link in the description below. And guys, from there, let's get into the discussion with Nicole Sauce. Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. Uh, welcome back to the workshop. We got a special guest today. Uh, Nicole Sauce, everybody knows her anyway, so <laughs> we're going to have a great time. Anybody wants to know why I sound like a 14-year-old boy? Well, <laughs> here we are. The COVID finally caught me, so I'm going to let Nicole do all... No, I'm just kidding. Not all the talking today, but I, uh, I've i been interested in freeze-drying for a hell of a long time. I keep talking to Becky about wanting to buy a freeze-dryer, and I finally figured out a way to make it work for me that it won't cost me money out of pocket. I mean, it's still going to cost me, but on paper, I can make it work, so... I figured it was about time that I got Nicole over because you're an expert now, aren't you, Nicole? No. No. Perfect. So we found <laughs> the right person. <laughs> You've made mistakes though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so what did you end up? Um, so, yeah, I mean, well, I'm sure everybody knows who you are, but if you want to introduce, <laughs> you know, yeah. Hi, I'm Nicole Sauce from the Living Free in Tennessee podcast and Hollow Roast Coffee, and I like to help people figure stuff out. And she's really damn good at it. Give me a chance to speak at her spring workshop this year. Had a wonderful time. We finally met in person. And uh, I'll be back <laughs> very soon, actually. Yay! Yeah, Couple so the Lions we'll be... Festival. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited. It's coming fast. So, yeah. what do? Where does... So, okay. Let's pretend like I'm buying a freeze dryer. Because I am. I'm going to be buying one in a couple of months. And um, where do you start? There's There's a whole bunch of different products to pick from, right? Um, yeah, there are two, there are now two manufacturers of freeze dryers. I know nothing about the new one, the new kid on the block because harvest, right. Used to be the only freeze dryer resource. And then somebody else popped up. I don't even know their name yet because it happened in the last six weeks. 
and I have been focused on some other things in the last six weeks. So it is on my list to check them out. It used to be you could only get a consumer grade freeze dryer from Harvest Right. And there are a lot of good things said about them and a lot of bad things said about them. Uh, people complain about their customer service. People rave about their customer service. I think the thing that, that freaked the most people out about Harvest Right is the price tag. Sure. Because you're looking 2500 bucks, 3500 bucks, 4500 bucks out of the chute. And they were the only game in town, so there wasn't price competition. On the other hand, it's not an easy problem to solve to have a home-grade freeze dryer that so many different households with so many different skill sets are using. I think commercial-grade equipment is easier to manufacture because people are expecting to have to repair their commercial-grade stuff. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I never thought their price was unfair when I got when I got my freeze dryer and really looked at what went into it. I was like, a, they have thought through a set of component co components that are relatively easy to put together, which means if something breaks, I can fix it. Right. Oh. Yeah. Right. And they've set it up in a way where the thing that's most likely to go bad, your vacuum pump is easy to just replace with a new pump without having to pull everything apart. So I appreciate that somebody put that thought into it. But there have been reports in the last six months, and they've really exploded in growth, of freeze dryer units arriving broken and them not getting as much customer support as, as they want. And of course, everybody who has a problem, you hear about it. So I don't know what's up with that. I know that I got a freeze dryer in 2020 in the spring like late spring and I love it. That ah, was 2021 actually. I've only had it a year. Jeez. Yeah, it's 2021, spring 2021, okay. I got it. It worked. I had a couple of the usual issues people have that are user or their operator error issues. That thing has been a tank for me. No, like just, just your typical new user problems, nothing. You haven't had anything break obviously yet. For Nothing's broken. I I've been pretty stringent about maintenance schedule on it, changing the oil and, and keeping it clean and that sort of thing. And I don't run it when it's super hot outside. So, so is that, is that an issue with those or can it be? If so, the thing about the freeze dryer, the first thing you should know if you're going to get one and cause you're thinking consumer grade food processing, I'll throw it in my kitchen. It's big. Okay. It's as big as it's basically as big as your oven. It's a little bit smaller than your oven, but it's as big as it's, you know, not much smaller than your oven. And then you're going to have it up on a countertop so you can get to it. So there's that. It is loud. Really? You're running a window air conditioner unit in your kitchen is what you're doing. That's how loud it is. So just go listen to somebody's window air conditioner unit. That's how much noise it's going to put out. It's hot. It puts off heat because it's running a condenser. And you know how condensers work, right? Oh, yes. I bet yeah. you know how. Condensers I sure work. do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they put off heat, you know, we're, we're keeping that heat outside our houses and bringing the cool inside for air conditioning. It's doing the same thing. It's bringing the cool into the freeze dryer and putting the hot out. So mm. you, if you do not have it in a ventilated area or if you do not have air conditioning in your house, it's going to warm up your house, just like putting a dehumidifier in your house would. Could you, maybe this is just the handyman in me. Is there a spot you could duck that heat out from or is that not really... 
a thing with those. So yes and no. The vacuum pump is is separate from the square unit, and the vacuum pump also puts out a ton of heat. Like it, it'll get to where if you touch it, you could burn your hand hot. Okay. That has a hose that hooks up. So the first thing you can do if you're putting it somewhere in your house is put a hole in your wall and have the vacuum pump out. So I have a friend who, when he built his house, he knew he was going to have his freeze dryer in a food processing room he made. He put the freeze dryer in there, hole into the garage, and that's where the vacuum pump is. That takes some of the noise out okay. and some of the heat out, and then he can put a fan on it in his garage. His garage is also air conditioned, though. Because if your garage is 95 degrees, you shouldn't be running that vacuum pump in it anyway. You're going to shorten the life. I mean, heat heat is bad for any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So this and is then you've still got the heat coming off it just through vents, like a big square vent. So that would be harder to vent out, although I'm sure somebody's figured it out. So it almost sounds like it. I mean, it almost sounds like a simplified central air unit where you've got your compressor and everything on the outside. And it yeah. pumps. Wow. So I didn't know this and I'm, I've already learned like six things from you, but so that pump is um, a separate modular unit that, okay. So it really is quite the setup. So here's my first tip. Yes. You can buy the base unit with the base pump at the base price. And you can buy an aftermarket oilless pump if you wanted the oilless pump for less than a thousand dollars, which is what the upgrade costs. Now, Harvest Right's not going to guarantee that pump for you. Right. right. But a lot of people do that. And so then they get that upgrade for 500 bucks instead of a thousand bucks by doing a little extra work. So that's, or you can get a premium, you know, like a different kind of vacuum pump. So there's a whole bunch of aftermarket stuff people have figured out on the freezer. It's like a cult following. Once you get into some of these networks, it's the things people figured out are great. It's like 3d printing. Everybody has 400 yeah. little upgrades that they love to do. Yeah. Huh. Um, Brian asked, I was thinking this anyway while we were going along, but I'll bring it up. Um, what kind of power requirements? That depends on what size unit you get. The large unit requires a dedicated 20 amp breaker. Okay. The medium and small, you can have other things on that 20 amp breaker. I wouldn't put, I would not plug mine into a 15 amp, although you probably could get away with it. So there's another thought then, because my house has no, I mean, I can install one or. You can? Oh, sure. I could. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, I, no, you would never do that. <laughs> no, no. I, I would never install a 50 amp outlet to power my house with a generator either. I would never yeah, do that. No, so, it'd be a bad idea. Yeah. Bad idea. I would never. No, don't watch my YouTube channel. Um. So yeah. So, okay. Because most new houses are at least what the last 10 or 15 years tend to have 20 amp dedicated circuits in the, in the, in the kitchen. kitchen. Yeah. yeah. So that's sometimes in the laundry room too. Right. Yeah. 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 So for most people, it won't be a problem, but yeah, I was just thinking, I was wondering that. So do you know the wattage on them by chance? Not off the top of my head. I no. could Google it. That's okay. I'll, I can find it after. I was yeah. just, yeah. So yeah, you wouldn't want to, and it, the only thing you're doing, if you, if you could pull it through 15, uh, 15 amp circuit is you're, you're just working it harder anyway, right? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, that, I had no idea it was even modular. And what about the finishes? Does that matter at all? Or is that just a like what color it is? Yeah. Nah, that's what I figured. I'm just like, cause I look at them. So here, here's how the last five years have gone with me. Yeah. I, I, I tell Becky, I'm like, I want a freeze dryer. She goes, okay. Then I go to harvest right. And I look at the price and I'm like, oh, I forgot <laughs> that much money. So yeah. th then I leave and a year later, I forget how much they are. And I say to Becky again, I want a freeze dryer. So then I go back, 
yeah. so finally i've accepted the fact that goddamn things five grand in canada basically and i i have to know that i either need to make that a zero cost somehow by earning the money doing something else yeah. or turn it into a because I, I know i'm not going to turn it into a business i have no interest in doing that at least yet but i do want one you know and i i also look at the cost of so you guys have it pretty rough there for mountain house and things like that try buying fucking mountain house stuff up here in canada right now <laughs> what you can get is just astronomical yeah like, yeah so I, I can at least make it pay for itself in a few years i think yeah you can and it's if if you're a person uh, like a homesteader like i am it will freeze dry your surplus it's just one more way to process stuff and that's really cool so i process milk i don't drink that i get right now because in the winter goats dry up and right. so i was all freeze dried milk all winter and my last jar ended one week before milk started again which was kind of cool which meant all the money i put into the milk in milk season paid off through the freeze dryer and the funny thing is i found one more jar like three months later that i tricked myself and stuck somewhere funny and i was like dang it i could have made it all the way through i thought i was the only one that did that That's oh awful. no 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 so did how much do you think you made or say first off i know i've told you before but i i love how you do the whole independence fund and all of that so how, how much did you i don't know how much did you save or make just with the goat's milk thing do you think so i calculate a load is is um probably 10 bucks to run eight to ten dollars to run with the power a little bit of depreciation for the unit itself and other materials that go into it so if i put a 15 dollar gallon of goat's milk in there and then i freeze dry it, it you, you need to add the eight dollars right so then it's right. 23 dollars. so now i've got 23 dollar a gallon milk that i am am eating so that saved me zero dollars except i can't buy goat's milk in the winter i would have either been buying commercial milk which is much lower in price or i don't know sourcing goat's milk in another state so for me oh. it's not so much necessarily the savings and cost it's a health payoff sure a commercial milk makes me retain like right now i have been on some commercial milk and i am literally up two sizes in pants in one month from really? just drinking heavy whipping cream and in my coffee only mm -hmm. when i stay disciplined on commercial milk i'll drop about 10 pounds and it's i don't think it's fat i think it's water weight because it'll go off in a week or two yeah so for me i'm like well what is that doing to me regarding possible development of diabetes heart conditions that means my body's inflamed sure so in that case i'm not really saving money right when i am freeze drying meat totally the total batch cost is less so if okay. i if i fry up some some ground beef and i do a batch it'll i think it is it's 10 pounds of ground beef in one batch so if you're getting ground beef at three dollars a pound which is what i pay for grass-fed when i buy the whole animal then um i'm adding eight dollars to that right so three times ten is thirty so it's thirty eight dollars for a batch and then that ten pounds did not need to stay in my freezer and offer and my freezer did not have to stay on 
for the rest of the winter. So you save a little bit on electricity. Like I have actually reduced down to three freezers instead of four. So I'm crazy because I process animals, just understand. Um, But having that shelf stable is cool. And then if I compare my per, you know, per ounce price to mountain house, it is cheaper. Sure. Okay. So you're, it's about half. That... And, and like mountain house, I, I don't, it, it's, it's better too, because I'm getting this locally hyper yep. sourced, hyper organic beef. And that's actually what convinced me to get the freeze dryer to begin with is I can take things that I cook and put them in bags, shelf stable and take them on the road or take them backpacking and, and it's healthier. I was just sent some cheese from uh, our friends there, <laughs> Nate, Nate and Aaron, sorry. And uh, I love it. The Colby Jack freeze-dried cheese. I thought, I don't know, it's a great snack. Like it really is. I, uh, it blows me away. And for me, so I, I have access to local beef here like crazy. And so we buy a side of beef once yeah. or twice a year. And my plan really was to just get, you know, a metric shit ton of ground beef and just start running it through it. And I, I would think, I mean, I'm not going to pay for it in the first year, but I know that would be, it, it would have to save some money, I'm sure. It, it probably will, especially if you could buy the dip. Yes. Buy it when so, it's... You yeah. know, that's, I just did the webinar yesterday on how to can mm. beef because we're expecting beef prices to go down a little bit this fall yep. because farmers are selling off their breeding stock right now. And that means more cattle into the commercial food system, supply demand, more beef, lower prices. But the other side of that dip is that eventually those farmers who have sold their breeding stock are going to want breeding stock again. And then what? We went through it. I mean, sorry, not me. My brother-in-law, his family has a farm. And last year it was nip and tuck whether they could get enough hay or enough feed to make sure they got through the winter. Now they did. He got on it real early, but there's a lot of guys who just couldn't get it. I mean, we are having a bumper year for growth here and it's probably the only place in the continent that's really doing well, but they almost didn't. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was bad. And there's a lot of guys who got rid of a lot of breeding stock and yeah, it's going to next year is going to be not good. I don't think. Yeah. I think it's going to be a challenge. Grain, grain crops have failed all over the country and I'm not a country all over the world. And there've been floods, there've been droughts and it's just sort of worldwide challenging. And if that scares you plant a garden. Yeah. Because this year your garden will kind of suck. And then by next year, your garden will probably be pretty good because you'll learn all your mistakes now. But, you know, having that deep pantry, I think is really helpful for those times. I don't think you should run around pants on fire panic. No. I just think just, well, you know, look at how you're treating your food. And, you know, look sideways at it every time you're pouring it into the garbage can. Absolute. Figure another way to use it. And I, I'm never uh, like, I don't, whatever. I'm never a chicken little. The sky's falling. I mean, yeah. bad shit happens all the time. But whatever you do now is better than not doing anything. Yeah, as long exactly. as you're not doing it out of abject fear. You know what I mean? That, that to me is where if you're just scared shitless and you're like, here, take my money, make me feel better. I don't think you're you're not probably making a whole lot of headway there. So, Tim, I would be lax if I did not mention that if you really want to just pay for your freeze dryer, what you should do is get your hands on some Skittles and freeze dry them and start selling freeze dried candies. Like go into the whole rabbit. Even if you do not eat candy, start freeze drying candies and sell those. You can sell them for a lot. 
Okay. First of all, for a small amount. And that is the fastest way to, to pay off your freeze dryer. I, so the, I was what I was going to is ask. to tap the local community, right? Yep. So what did you do? Did you did you do that a little? I mean, I saw you did, but yeah. I did. I tested it, and you make about a hundred percent markup really? on on your inputs, and that allows. And then the minute you post freeze dried skittles on local networks like Facebook Marketplace, a bunch of candy addicts come out of the woodwork and want to buy it. First of all. Okay. People you never met, and you find yourself meeting them in in parking lots, like a drug <clears throat> dealer giving them skittles. Sure, sure. And then <laughs> sure, they I start, you know, like I've had people hit me up about doing custom things, sweets. Who knew me that way? If you wanted to invest time in going to farmers markets and that sort of thing, you can make a lot of money. Food law thing, uh, right? It's illegal. That's what you're going to hear. It's totally illegal. That's what you're going to hear. Freeze. And the, the truth of the matter is it might be in your state or your province or wherever you are. There may be something about that. If that's what's keeping you from selling the freeze-dried food, then you shouldn't be trying to pay off your freeze-dryer or making. You should just put the money in your freeze-dryer. The, the truth of the matter is a lot of people sell a lot of things that are technically illegal and they just go rogue. That's Absolutely. what they do. In my area, cottage food, I think because it's a low, it's a low risk food, it's fine. Who, I mean, unless you piss off or piss in the wrong cornflakes of the wrong government guy, who's really going to go after you for freeze dried Skittles? I mean, they could. I don't, yeah, I'm not they, trying to. They're going to be way more worried about freeze dried raw pork than right. freeze dried Skittles. Absolutely so know your risk. There. Like, think about what you're selling you and know, think about I mean, who you're selling to. I had a discussion with somebody the other day about that. And I said, like, sometimes maybe it's just I don't sell them, but I trade them for things such as currency and crypto. You know, I mean, you, you just it, just in the way you word it, the way you pay attention, you know, it, all of that. I, yeah, absolutely. There was, a, there was a coffee shop guy in COVID in Kentucky who got shut down during shutdowns. Yep. But other restaurants could be open because they served food i think there was a whole bunch of stuff but they basically said he could not sell coffee so he sold coffee cups sure and he, he got free coffee yep i think they said he couldn't serve food he had food trucks parked right by right across the street from his cafe like he had he just kept finding Absolutely. ways around it um but until you start you don't know and it's helpful i do think it's helpful to look up whatever the regulatory structure is so you know which which one you're pushing and it, what that looks like it doesn't hurt to ask theoretical questions once in a while either yeah. you know if, if you know people that you can ask those questions of and you're like okay what, what what do they look for what don't they look for but then stay under the radar just don't don't be out attracting the wrong type of attention just do it oh yeah i there's no reason not to i don't think not yeah. even a little bit. I, yeah. Now you got me thinking about the candy thing because I think my kids would love to do that too. Yeah. So if you freeze dry candy in your freeze dryer, the thing that you freeze dry after candy gets a little bit of the flavor of the candy. That's okay. important to know. Unless I don't know what the oil is pump if that's true. I know because I use the oil pumps. Uh, I and whew, you know a little bit of skittle overtone in your milk isn't bad, but a little bit of skittle overtone in your chili is a little weird. So just think about the order that you do things. Oil changes help with that. I actually 
don't have to do an oil change except for once every about 50 runs. Okay. And, but if I do candy, it's dedicated candy oil. And then I do an oil change and I filter that oil for use later. And I put it in a jar and I mentioned, I, I label it as the candy oil. Because idea. you can, the other cool thing about the freeze dryers, people used to just put new oil in every time they did an oil change, but you can filter it and reuse it, which means you don't have to keep buying the oil. Right. Is it expensive? I mean, it's a cost. I think it's what, but... I know, 20 bucks a gallon or something. Like you don't want to, How much? you want to use premium product. The filter that works best to this day is still one that I saw on freeze dry. Uh, what was it? Retired by 40 is a YouTube channel. Yep. And, and he's on MeWe and Facebook. And I don't know if it was his idea, but I definitely saw him talk about it. It's a, um, what's that called? The water filter. It's the... Berkey? Not no. the Berkey, you know, the other one. The Brita. Brita, okay. So yep. a Brita, it's a Brita water filter pitcher. And you take Scott toilet paper and you take the middle out of it and you squish it down so it'll fit in there. And then you pour the oil through that and it filters all this, the water and any debris out and you end up with clean oil on the other side. That works better than the Harvest Right perfect purpose-built filter, even huh. their new one. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I used the Brita years ago when I was making homemade um, fuel, you know, <laughs> and it worked okay for the, yeah. yeah, anyway. But somebody there said uh, they know somebody that freeze dries Twinkies, pays five bucks a box, makes almost $30 profit. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. And there's yeah. when you had Jake on, I was I was out mowing listening to Jake on here, and he was yeah. talking about rolling up, making those little uh what do you sliced meat cigarettes and things like that. And I was of course the old brain's just a going. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, this would be great. I have I have jars of those and bags of those for on the road. It's like meat chips. Are they good? They're good. Yeah. Yeah, they're a little bit dry, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> Everything and, is. Yeah. So can you take me through so first time you did whatever i mean like a process of actually freeze drying something what, what would be a simple because you know everybody says well when you start water bath start with pickles or jam when, when yeah you so when you get your freeze dryer it'll say run a load of bread and even if you don't eat bread you run the road load of bread and the reason you run the load of bread is there's a plasticky smell in your freeze dryer that will get absorbed into said bread some people do three or four batches of that okay buy the cheapest wonder disgusting like spongy bread that you can get it a little bit wet throw it in there and you end up with very dry toast consistency bread people actually freeze dry that bread and store it for later which confuses me but is isn't that just breadcrumbs yeah okay it's like yeah, cool. yeah yeah okay they do it and then they spritz it with water to rehydrate it to make sandwiches and it keeps it from molding i guess but you i'm like one could store yeast and flour and yeah. one could bake bread later and it would be delicious. Much better. Probably more delicious than freeze drying. I think they're thinking in an apocalyptic situation, you don't have time to bake bread. Okay. But maybe you do have time to make porridge. So, you know, anyway. And that's like bread in a can. Do you ever see that? Uh, a guy, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I Just not my cup of tea. Yeah. So, so you do that and you do oil changes. Okay. Uh, to get that out and then you do your first load and the the cool thing about freeze drying with the harvest right is there's betty's harvest right freeze dryer group on facebook and okay. there's retired at 40 between those two groups and retired at 40 is on me we too so that's kind of cool between those two groups 
you, probably somebody has tried the thing you're asking if you should do it or not. And so <laughs> they will know what settings you might want to have. So the settings you can adjust are how, what happens is you freeze the food mm -hmm. and then you drop the, you know, the vacuum pump puts a vacuum in it. So you drop the pressure in the chamber and then the trays that the, the food are sitting on heat under them while it's cold and low pressure around them. And as a result of this, it goes directly from frozen to gas. That's, that's how freeze drying works. And so, so that heat can be set higher or lower. And okay. if you're doing herbs, for example, you want it lower because they'll retain more flavor. Okay. If you do candy, I believe you want it. I can't remember if it's higher or lower, but so you go look at the temperature other people have figured out. And here's why. If you do the wrong temperature for something that can melt like candy or marshmallows, you may end up with a total weird, messy failure. Or you may end up with, you know, or, or it'll be perfect because you looked it up and it's worth looking it up before you start. Okay. Learn from if other things people. are high in fat, they do not freeze dry well. Hmm. Butter does not freeze dry well. Okay. So people always ask, can I do butter? Can I do bacon? Can. But you're going to end up with melted butter because it's not, it's, it's, fat doesn't dry. It's just fat. And so when you do a greasy thing, like I did cheese, I did a variety of cheese that was greasier than other cheese. And it was, it was Havarti. Hmm. Havarti, when I took it out, had, it was slimy from the Ooh. oils and the cheese. And what I figured out is put a paper towel under it that absorbs the oils. And then you have that same like cheese crouton, mm -hmm. which is what freeze dried cheese is like is a, a cheese crouton. And so those are the things that you can find out. If you do milk with too high of a temperature or not, if, if it does not freeze all the way and then the sublimation process starts, Yep. Milk will explode everywhere, causing you to have to take everything out of there and clean everything. It makes a huge mess. So you want to make sure your milk is frozen 100%. That means in the settings, you can say freeze for a longer period of time before you go into the sublimation process. Or I put mine in the freezer and tray so it's pre-frozen. So no, if we talk yeah. about the process, you, the first decision you make is, am I putting something in that will freeze here and then go through the process? Or do I pre-freeze it? Those are two choices that you make. Then you put your trays in, whether they're pre-frozen or not, program it, hit start. And then you walk away. And it will be done. And then you will dry it for even longer. <laughs> and then you will eventually say, okay, let's give it a shot. Pull it out. See if it's, if it's all dehydrated. And the way you know that is you touch it. If it feels cool, then it's not. Okay. It needs to feel, because that's that's like, evaporation happening. Mm -hmm. Some people have moisture meters that they can test it with. I just put one of those cheap Walmart like food service gloves on that's plastic, not rubber that are, you know, they're big, yeah, yeah. really big. And I, I feel it. What I don't want to do is put my disgusting oily hand on there and have that oil sucked into the food. Right. So, so I do that. And then if it's, if it's not cold, I'll take it out and start bagging it. And if during bagging, I find a cold spot, I'll actually put it all back in the trays and start the dry cycle for longer. Really? So you're yeah. So sometimes you'll be drying stuff for three days. Like blueberries took me three days here. 
Really? Yeah. And those have to be pricked first so that they're opened up a little bit. But anything that has seeds like strawberries or blueberries just takes a really long time. Tomatoes take a really long time. Honey will not. Okay. The other thing that does not freeze dry well is sugar, too much sugar. So with Skittles, they figured out the heat dial in, but there's um, in Skittles, I think you have sugar and cornstarch probably is most of the base ingredients. That's, that's what I would guess is in there. And that, that offsets the sugar enough. Honey does not freeze dry. So just, it will just sit there in indefinitely. I suppose. Apparently or... it just turns into a weird sticky mess. Okay. So it'll be, some... it'll be a di slightly different sticky mess than it was when you put it in the tray. Cause I was really excited. I know Adam, I was really excited Adam to do honey. And then I realized I can't do honey. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, what about heavy cream? Is that doable? So I've heard mixed results. I've never tried heavy cream. I've done milk. Okay. I have heard mixed results on heavy cream. Some people say yes. Some people say no. It's high in fat. So it's sort of on the border. And what happens with higher fat things is the fat goes rancid over time. So you, it, I think it's one of those things that you can, but you can't store it for 20 years because the fat is still there and it can still go rancid. Likewise with bacon. Okay. You can freeze dry it. It will go rancid. Hmm. That okay. fat line on a pork chop, you Same can freeze thing. dry it. It will go rancid. Have you, you haven't had, I mean, I know you've only been a year, but you haven't had anything go off on you yet? Go I've had or? things. So the way I've known that I've made mistakes is when I open a package and yep. it's not still dry, it's squishy. Oh, okay. That means it wasn't dry enough. Right. And then I don't eat that and I don't feed it to my animals because what can happen in an oxygen free, moist environment that has not been properly sterilized is botulism can grow unless right. it's high acid. Right. So if it's watermelon, it's less likely to be a problem, but I just don't mess with it at that point. So I've made a few mistakes there. Like I did water, watermelon was one where the seeds, you try to get all the seeds out. You can never get all the seeds out of watermelon that has <laughs> seeds in it. And the seeds just weren't dry and they put moisture back into the whole thing. And I, and I, I actually have a can, like a jar with improperly freeze dried watermelon that I show people. I'm like, this is how you can tell. I just and left it. What's it done now? Has it? Expanded? It's just like it's solid in there. And and okay. like if I have a, I have garlic that I freeze dried. That if you shake it, it shakes. Really? The watermelon's like obviously a solid mass all stuck to each other. <laughs> but we all make mistakes, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a, it's fine. It's it's a learning experience. You're gonna have failures no matter what, and it's important to know how to identify those. What um what are the easiest things to freeze dry? I, I would have to say just about everything's easy to freeze dry that okay. can freeze dry. So it's with milk. The key that I found to success with milk is to pre-freeze it. Jake Robinson doesn't do that. He freezes it in his. Okay. But so either way you go, you put the tray where the tray is going to be for freezing, either in the freeze dryer or in your freezer. And then you pour for a medium freeze dryer, you pour one quart per tray. Okay. Yeah. Did you have to do math on that? Or well, do you guys many? do gallons? No, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How many trays? You got four trays. So one gallon per load. Yep. But if you pour it in the freezer, then you don't have to juggle this liquidy, spilly, giant tray, right? So you have it in there. You pour the milk. And then I bought tray separators Okay. That so I can stack them on top of each other. I'll put the next tray on. I'll put the next quart of milk in. Next tray, next quart of milk. 
And then as long as, and then I let it freeze and then I can move the trays to my freeze dryer. If you're doing it in your freeze dryer, you put the tray in with just a little edge sticking out, pour the milk when it's in the freeze dryer. So you don't, cause it's a whole, I mean, like you're talking about a tray that's two feet by, you know, I don't know, eight inches wide. Right. Like, imagine that full of liquid trying not to spill that all over everything. I, I can't accomplish that. That's not my skill. I'm thinking I'd probably spill even trying to pour it in gently once it's in the... the <laughs> yeah. So have you had anything just blow up? Like you said, melt can do that. Did that happen to you at all? Or no, no, I've never had a blow up experience. What I have had is a melting experience. I tried to freeze dry Reese's Pieces. And what happened because a peanut butter is high in fat. Right. You don't freeze the peanut butter. <laughs> I should have cleared, cleared, like cued in that Reese's Pieces are feed peanut butter. But I was just doing all sorts of different candies. It was just a melted solid mass of Reese's pieces with bits of candy, you know, like the candy coating and, and mush. And my mom actually took it out. She thought she had done something wrong. Cause she ran, she ran that load. And I was like, no, it was the peanut butter, but she like ate little corners that she'd chip off for a while when she wanted candy. I finally gave it to the pigs. Could you, so I guess probably the, the fat being in there would have made it wouldn't have stored very long, but could you have broke it up like a brittle and put it in a jar for a while? It wasn't or? brittle. It was, it was literally like I had taken Reese's peanut Reese's pieces, melted them into a mass. And it was like a Reese's pieces bar. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, was, it was still edible. It just was, it was, it was not sellable. Not, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I was, I was envisioning puffy Reese's pieces that crunch in your mouth. I thought that'd be pretty cool. I think I was on Zello the day you were first talking about that. Yeah. I think because uh, Leos and Leos and I are both peanut butter and chocolate fans. So I yeah. Was, yeah, I remember having that conversation. So now Reese's peanut butter cups might freeze dry. I don't know. Chocolate does not freeze dry well, and that's got a little bit of chocolate in it, but that's something I'd go look up before doing. Reese's sure. pieces, I could not find any literature on it. And then I failed and then I looked again and there were all these people with pictures of terrible failures of the Reese's pieces. It's funny. I do the same thing sometimes. I don't find the failures until after I screw up and do something. And then I'm like, oh, it was in Google. I just didn't look hard enough or something. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you store it in after? So you pull it all out. And is there any, do you have to let it, you don't want it to sit and dry too long once it comes out? You or? don't pull it out and let it have access to air or it will rehydrate itself. Okay. So it's really important to keep it separate from oxygen, from air, basically, and humidity in the air once it's done going and that means that you either put it in a sealed mylar bag with an oxygen absorber or a moisture absorber absorber depending where you are or i vacuum seal them in mason jars okay i, I actually store most of mine in mason jars now because i can't see in a mylar jar bag and then if i want it for traveling i transfer it to a mylar bag for traveling okay did you see that thing with amazon the other day yeah. yeah. So it sounds like, oh, the SOE's on here. Hey, John. Um, but it sounds like it's going to be, I think our standard silver ones are still good. Uh, there was yeah, a you just can't have the ones with the windows. Yes. Because I, I drugs. Drugs. I know, right? Drugs. So I'm out of that. I'm completely out of the drug <laughs> world. Like, what are they selling in Mylar bags with windows that are illicit drugs? Out of Just out of care. Is it like edibles? I, like I don't. I, well, okay. So in Canada, where everything, of course, as soon as the government took over the drugs, it became way overpackaged. So it was in a bag, in a jar, in a box, right? All, yeah. all three. But I, I would assume things like mushrooms or edibles or 
you know, and, and, and putting yeah. it in a mylar bag without a window changes your ability to sell magic mushrooms. How? I don't know. I, yeah. first, I thought, I know, right. It's I, at first I thought it would be that they, they didn't want anything. Uh, so I guess a lot of the multicolored packages because it appeals to kids. I don't know. Um, and mylar of course, makes it possible to not smell, even though drug dogs can still smell in a mylar bag. I don't know. Just something that they're doing to feel good about themselves, I guess. Yeah. that. So I saw that and I my first thought was, is it edibles? And they look like candy through the window. But then what about the candy manufacturers through the window? I, I don't know. I You know what? I even messaged Amazon because I figured there was going to be enough people that are going to be asking. I wanted to have some straight answers for people. And their customer service is horrible at the best of times. So, yeah, they don't I mean, know. Yeah, they, they, and they don't. They just, they, they'll read the article and then they'll come back and say, oh yeah, that, sure, that's it. I'm like, okay, have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> so um, is uh, sunlight an issue? So you said- Yeah, so dark. just like all foods that you store, cool, dark place. Okay. Which so not in direct sun. Um, the Mylar cuts the light out. I did see a question about, can you use regular vacuum seal bags? You can, they don't last as long. What happens with those is, there is some transference if it's not seven mils of mylar, some transference of oxygen into the bag, no matter what on those bags. And so eventually what will happen is they will rehydrate in the bags. They don't store. They, so I store them in those if I'm just going to have it for a month. Okay. I'll just grab a cheaper bag and do that because it doesn't matter. But I did some tests on that. And indeed, it over time, it becomes a problem. So, so what are some things that... Uh... You wish you knew before you bought one. And I, I'm sure you're, you you do a lot of, re I think you do, don't you? Quite a bit of research for things. Yeah, I didn't, I did not properly research the heat output and the requirement for where I would run it. And I had seen it, Chef Brett's unit run before I bought mine. I had seen John Willis's unit run and it didn't occur to me, A, he has the oilless pump, B, he's in a giant air conditioned building and it's not like in his living room, right? Right. Where it's running. It's it's near their kitchen and it's in it's not annoying. So I thought I'll put it in the roasting shack. It's food processing. Perfect, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roasting shack had no air conditioning at that time. I right. ran my first load in probably May of twenty twenty one, May or June, somewhere in that range. And it became so unbearably hot in there. I was like, there's no way I can roast coffee and do this because my roaster also puts heat out. It put out more heat than my roaster. Seriously. Seriously. Wow. And and then I figured out you can run, you know, then I read about this. So I think the biggest thing is be really sure you know where it's going to be. And so what I did is I moved it out of the roasting shack into my carport area that you've seen. Yep. It was just outside. And it's cooler outside and I had a fan on it. And when it got too hot outside, I just didn't run it. So I didn't run it for two months in the summer. Okay. This summer has been different. It's been hotter. So it's been a longer time. I haven't been able to run it. And then the things I wanted to process in the summer, I, I prepared and froze. If it needed to be blanched, I blanched it and froze it. If it, so I just had it frozen in different ways in my freezer in ways I could bring it out and have it lay thin. So you don't want a big little thick, Ziploc. It's got to be thin on those trays and waited until winter when I could just run it nonstop because it's colder. And then I ended up for the winter moving it into my prepper pantry as a, a way to keep it from freezing in there. 
That's a great idea. Why yeah, not? Yeah, because then you're just harnessing the heat and yeah. I don't think I, I mean, I'm not stupid, but I, I guess I never realized that it's basically a mini heat pump or a mini air, con I mean, it's a compressor. So it's, yeah. you know, it's turning heat to cold and cold to heat or whatever. Yeah. Do you want to work through some of these questions? I got a sure, bunch. let's go through some questions. All right. So let's see. Oh, well, the first one was kind of what you already talked about. Let's yeah. Bring this one up. What if you freeze everything during the harvest season? That's a hundred percent what you do, because even if you're running the freeze dryer, if you have a really productive garden, your freeze dryer is not keeping up with what's coming out of your garden. And if that's the way you're going to process it, then you will end up needing to have room in your freezer and, and to pre-freeze things. I've got four loads of blueberries in my freezer right now in Ziploc. So they're ready to go as soon as I'm ready to freeze dry them. I prioritize milk and eggs egg loads over something like blueberries just because uh, I get more bang for the buck to have those out of my way and out of my freezer. Blueberries I can toss around in the Ziploc bag. Liquid is like a giant ice cube that's not, not you know, yeah, not yeah. something I can move around or shift or shape. Is blueberries make better freezer Tetris, in other words. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> is there a good transition, um, not product, but um, item to put through after you've done something like... Um, well, you said Skittles and stuff can get in the smell. Is there something that you can... You can do another load of bread if okay. you just want it. And that the, the bread load tastes like eight hours. It doesn't take two days, right? Um, I will just, after Skittles, I do milk. Okay. After garlic, I do eggs. Because if my eggs taste garlicky, I, I don't care. Okay. Just, you know, I'm going to... I'm I'm making them into breakfast eggs. I'm not making them into bakey eggs. So... What do you think of the, the finished product with the eggs? Like when you when you rehydrate and cook them? I like the finished product of eggs. I served them at my workshop and nobody knew awesome. until we told them. Um, we did mix them a little bit with eggs. I think they're just because they were using what was ever at hand. Um, it, it depends on how you rehydrate it. So I've been rehydrating them with cold water. Erin Lemester, who uh, is in our network, she said she prefers to have the water a little bit warm when she rehydrates them for the mouthfeel later. So I did notice the mouthfeel is a little thin. So I'm going to try warm water next time. Huh. Did you ever, yeah. years ago, Becky and I tried dehydrating eggs. We yeah. made her, oh man, they were almost unpalatable. <laughs> it was like trying to eat sand, you know? Oh, it was so bad. We tried, you know, but it just, yeah. yeah. So You're I, like, if I'm starving, I will totally eat that. Yeah. And that's where it went in a mason jar up in the cupboard. And I'm like, it's there just in case. And yeah, yeah. yeah. no, no, it didn't, didn't do it for me. So we kind of talked about this, but if you want to touch on it quick again, how much does it cost? So you're looking $25, $35, $4,500. You can go $5,500. The choice that you make when you get a freeze dryer is small, medium, or large from Harvest Right. And then the, the there are two pumps to choose from. I, they used to have three, but I think they have two now. And the base model with the base pump is going to be a little bit less than the one with the oilless pump. The oilless pump was about a thousand dollar extra. So if you have a twenty five hundred dollar base model and then you upgrade to the oilless pump, that becomes thirty five hundred dollars. I think the small is actually fifteen hundred starting, unless all of their prices has gone up, which is also possible. Like I haven't looked in a month or two. And then the other, the sort of new manufacturer of freeze dryers will have different price points, but I have not looked at them, nor can I remember their name. So if John Willis wants to type that in here, he probably knows because he's the one who pointed it out to me. That'll be an interesting experiment. I wouldn't mind getting my hands, well, whatever, trying a new one. But I, yeah. so here, here I'm thinking, so we have in Canada, 
kind of like, I don't know what you want to call it, the Canada tax. <laughs> Everything, even though after the exchange rate, things are still more expensive up here. So I now have an American mailing address. So I'm almost wondering if it might be worth buying it, bringing it to the border, and then going down and getting it myself. I don't know. Well, yeah. How do they feel about expensive things coming over the border? Usually you have to pay a little bit of duty. It all depends. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll research and see which way, but I still think I might be in the positive by doing that because. I feel like if you bought it and I know used it or somebody else bought it and used it and then resold it to you as a used unit, that your price would be different on the way over the border. It 100%. Like if you get a used one, you know what I mean? I love the way you think, Nicole. Totally. Yep. The same way I might just have to buy a couple Harbor Freight generators. Yes, yeah. totally get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're always thinking. That's good. Uh, <laughs> oilless, oilless pump worth the extra cost? Or do you know? Every, so the thing you get with the oilless <laughs> pump is I think the problem I have with the Skittle cross contamination goes away. So that's a, that's a, that's a thing. Okay. And then not having to spend the time changing the oil. So that's a huge bonus. Is it worth the extra cost? It depends on how much your time is worth to you. Right. Because Eventually I will have an oilless pump, but right now it's not my priority for budget. How much time does it take to change the oil, filter the oil, that kind of stuff? I have it set up so it takes less than two minutes of my time to change the oil. Oh, so... But, but there will be maintenance someday where I have to take the whole pump apart and scrub everything out. And that's probably going to take me an hour or two. So like eventually you clean the parts inside where the oil is. But I just, you dump the oil, you pour the new oil in and you're done. And it takes half an hour for the oil to drain, but I'm not sitting there for half an hour. I have it set up to drain into a thing and I walk away. Like it, when I have to change the oil, load finishes, oil is still hot. So it is more, it's more viscous viscous at that time so i'll i'll open it up and drain it walk away package the food and then when i know that i don't need to run more dry time well mm -hmm. actually at that point i wouldn't run more dry time i'd have to finish the oil change to run more dry time but then i'll put it through the defrost cycle which takes two hours for it to defrost because there's ice in there when you take on the outside of the vacuum chamber unit um so then i'll put the oil in close it up and it's ready to go. So it's just part of the, it's just like, there's a step. I do other things. There's another step and I'm done. And then it's draining straight into my, my pitcher for filtering. And I put that off to the side because it'll take it a day or two to filter that oil to go through. So I had to highlight this comment because I've never been told this before, but apparently Tim looks like Garth Brooks. So thank you. <laughs> they, years ago, they used to say John Goodman, but that made my day. So thank you very much. <laughs> don't sound like him, but you know, that is, yeah, especially not today. Oh my God, no, thank you. <laughs> so um, I got a bunch. Uh, this one, I guess is for me, but we'll talk about what if someone installed a freeze dryer in some jet? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. In their <laughs> boat and decided to sell them to you when they visit. Yes, exactly. Sure. Yep. I thought yeah, that I totally, I, you know, it, running a freeze dryer on a boat sounds like a wonderful idea. I was thinking maybe to, yeah. And also to, <laughs> sounds like. Pre-frozen, pre-frozen if you do that. <laughs> so, okay. Talking about frozen, why don't you freeze everything? You, you, so you said you prefer to freeze things like milk ahead of time. Jake doesn't necessarily, but wouldn't it be cheaper to pre-freeze in your freezer since you're already 
using your freezer or am I, I pre-freeze okay? almost everything. The, the two times, two times I have not pre-frozen. One was basil I had just harvested that I just needed out of my way. Okay. And it didn't take very long to freeze that in the freeze dryer. And the other time was that batch of blueberries I did this year. And okay. it took for flipping ever for that. It took like an extra day, I think, for that load because of freezing those. So for me, I always prefer pre-frozen for two reasons. It's ready to go when it's ready to go. So I have a pipeline built up. And then it just, I don't know, I prefer the process time to be shorter in the freeze dryer. What's what I was okay. I'm already right. running my freezer. Right. I'm not it's, running a dedicated pre-freeze freezer, right? So I'm already running my freezer. I mean, and who doesn't you always almost always have a little bit of space somewhere you can find in a freezer. Except for right now, yes, this is true. I do you ever do the I know you do, but the freezer Tetris thing where you go back in and restack everything and Yeah, we're doing that soon. Yeah. Yeah. We a couple times a year too. I think I've probably yeah. adopted your process for it. Well, so here's what happened. The power went out. And I had oh. four freezers going. One was half full and it was the ice cream style without insulation on top. And it was hot as oh. could be outside. So mom was here and she goes, what do we need to do? And, you know, it's not dark yet. So like holler neighbors go into powers out mode. Like everybody just doesn't talk to each other and we start doing stuff. <laughs> and I said, well, I need to not have that freezer be out there because we're going to just have to run a Jenny on it the whole time if I leave stuff in that freezer. So I need to find somewhere to put half a chest freezers full of stuff. And, you know, meanwhile, Nighthawk and Tactical are doing generator related things or livestock related things because the electric fences don't work when you don't have power. Actually, we have one now that does because it's running off battery. But you, you see where that goes, right? Making Absolutely. sure the pigs didn't get out. And so I go out there. I'm like, I just start. And then mom shows up and then Nighthawk shows up and we just. We condensed from four freezers down to three plus house freezers plus other people's freezers in the hauler. And then we took my generator. I have a I have a Honda that's like twenty nine hundred. Yeah, yeah. Which you can run a few freezers at a time with that. And it starts I can start it. Which makes nice. me happy. It's it's the it's full start. Happy. Yeah. So I, and I was like, okay, everybody, let me start my own generator. Cause usually they started. I'm like, I need to prove I can do this. Cause one day you won't be here. And yeah. we got the freezers going after having them all open to make sure they were cooled down, cooled off the inside fridge after pulling a few things out of there that I knew we'd use for the rest of the day. And then I think I sent it over to Nighthawks for him to do the same thing with his freezer that he had put stuff in. So now there is zero room in any freezer. Cause I literally Tetris everything in there and i know where oh. nothing is at this point oh so. that's the worst so we have three freezers as well and i one's the big meat one one's the vegetables and then one's the everything else yeah but yeah so sometimes it's full sometimes you know but yeah yeah i get it oh yeah so it's fine so i really want to go back through and reorganize actually this weekend i have a friend who i buy a cow with Mm -hmm. She came and took a big bunch of her meat out. So now I actually do. I have like a window in one freezer. Somebody told me the other day, do you ever feel like reorganizing your house is like a puzzle with one piece empty here? And yeah. every time you do something, you're moving that blank place around. And that's like how you, I was like, that's exactly how my freezers feel right now. Junk drawers, right? Yeah. I, Be Becky and I will do the kitchen and we'll just basically, it'll be a half a day. You'll clean everything out. Three items will go to this new storage space. Three items will go to that one. Yeah. And then it's like a mad, yeah, it's off. It's, yeah, it's fun. Yeah.
Yeah. So Becky happened to pop on here. She must be. <laughs> she wants to know if this show is my secret agenda to finally get a freeze dryer. It's not very secret, is it? I'm pretty open about it. She missed the opening. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got here? Um, oh, here we go. Can you dry different items at the same time? Yes, you can. Should you dry multiple different <laughs> items at the same time? That depends. If they are similar to each other in moisture content, size, and how long it takes them, yes. If not, what happens is you, um, you're going to wait for that slowest tray to be done. Okay. So some people will do onions and garlic in the same one, and that'll work out okay. Uh, the other thing is there is some cross-flavor contamination. So if you do onions and and strawberries together, what you're going to end up is with oniony strawberries and strawberry onions. So you just want to think about what goes with what. But I will do, I will do mul multiple types of stew. So I may have a chicken stew one week and have enough leftover for one tray, and then a beef stew the next week, and then a pork stew the next week, and I will do each tray as a different stew. So can you talk a little more about? I mean, I'm sure it's pretty simple, but so do you just literally take your leftovers? and dump them on a tray and freeze it? Jeez, that is deadly simple. And it's then, deadly simple. Have you rehydrated that yet? Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. The one thing that rehydrated a little weird in one of my stews was the carrots, and I think it's time. I think it needed more time with the liquid. So they were a little... They were, they were not quite rehydrated all the way when I poured the hot water in. Okay. And then the other thing is how much water to put in. You think you're going to have to add a lot more water than you have to add when you rehydrate a stew. So it's better to do little bits at a time than figure. other people are more scientific about this and they figure out exactly how much water came out by weighing it. And then they weigh their water and they're like, one cup of water goes into yeah. I, that is not how I operate. I'm like, eh. I'm a geek, but not that big of a geek. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, I, if yeah. I was backpacking, I might actually care about that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. For people like, yeah, yeah that would be. On the other hand, when I'm backpacking, I will eat something that's not ideally rehydrated because I'm hungry. Right. Everything tastes good when you're on the Yeah, yeah. I, I just love the, I, I, I guess I never thought about, um, again, I guess just not high fat leftovers, that kind of thing, but yeah. stews or goulashes. What about, yeah. oh, what about noodles? That, and that's probably well, people, people do dehydrate spaghetti with noodles in it, but okay. the better, the better way to go is store your noodles dry. Right. As soon as I said it, I thought. Yeah. That. And then dehydrate the sauce. But I could see, I mean, I know people have tried it and been successful. I think the noodles lose some of that al dente feel. Sure. As part of it. Like anything you get out of a, uh, that's been freeze dried has been frozen. Right. That makes sense. And even though maybe not, it doesn't seem to be as destructive as um, traditional. Well, I guess maybe the rehydrating method. I'm not sure. But yeah, it doesn't seem to be totally destroyed like some things are when they come out of the freezer yeah um yeah so can you freeze dry high fat things like bacon and keep it from going rancid by freezing uh less room in the freezer oh okay it so, won't take less room in the freezer it will take the same amount of room in the freezer because it's not really shrinking like it's not really shrinking so yeah. it's um you could do that but you might as well just put your your base bacon in the freezer it's going to go rancid in the freezer at the same rate your bacon goes rancid in the freezer Okay, so you're not. You I might, I might freeze dry bacon if I was going to go on a backpack to have it shelf more shelf stable, like cook it, freeze dry it, have it last longer in the bag in my backpack for that a two week sense. trip. I might. Yeah, do you, that. 
you'd get away with that, wouldn't you? I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. A couple of weeks in a bag, if it were um, freeze dried, should be okay. I would think. I mean, (laughs) this is not advice, but you know, it could be. Uh, How about um, regular clear sous vide style vacuum sealer? Oh yeah. We kind of talked about that. Yeah. So that's that for short term. Sure. Short term being a month or two. Uh, And, and there's a risk that you will, that it would, that there'll be passed through. The seven mil Mylar, man, the seven mil Mylar works great. And then mason jars, from what I understand, the mason jars don't last as long for storage as Mylar sealed with an O2 absorber in it. Um, But that's assuming you don't kick around your Mylar bags like I do. And I do kick around my, 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 I keep moving because I'm always moving stuff. So that's, that's just how I handled them. Uh, But I, my goal with freeze dried food is not 20 years of storage. It's right. just like my goal always is. I want to process the surplus and use it when I have a dearth of whatever it is. And and so I want to use it within two years anyway, personally. So you don't have any goals of having any real long-term kind of stuff? or you're I have a long-term with... process here that okay. is growing yep. the food. That That's my goal. I mean, I have some things that can store that long, but the intention is to use them. That's cool. I, yeah. So it's more of an uh, an adjunct or an add-on to your normal food processing. Yeah, and I will keep grains, which I don't eat. I will keep yeah. grains around longer because sure. those are intended for as refugee rations, basically. Or um, I was a source of wheat when my family across the country couldn't get it in 2020. I had it, and I'm like, I'll grind it and just mail it to you. Yeah, yeah. I we were a source of many things for people across the country as well, (laughs) including local people for toilet paper. I never actually, nobody ever took me up on an offer of toilet paper, but I offered a number of people. I'm like, if you really need it, I can give you some. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a couple people came that needed some and yeah, no problem. And then we masks and sanitizer we sent across the country and I, uh, I sent some uh, sanitizer to my dad and I also threw a jar of honey in there. And he mm-hmm. thought the honey was sanitizer and he got it all over his fingers. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, um, I was trying to sanitize a bad idea. <laughs> like, oh, damn it. I know it's a natural disinfectant or antiseptic, but eh, it's a little slower working. So what lasts longer, freeze dried or dehydrated? They say. They. Nicole does not know. Nicole has not tested. They say that freeze dried lasts 20 to 25 years. Dehydrated food doesn't because there's still some moisture left in it when you de- when you freeze dry you're getting every bit of moisture out of that 100 percent. like you want that dry right yeah Have so you- they say the freeze dried lasts longer but we'll see yeah. <laughs> well maybe we will i don't know i mean <laughs> people have opened freeze-dried stuff that's 20 years old well there's so. guys that eat mres that are 60 70 years old yeah. on youtube and yeah. they don't die i guess you know haven't they don't die. Anyway. some of them actually apparently say they taste good yeah have you tried have you had to run your um your dehydrator sorry your uh, freeze dryer during a power outage yet oh yeah it's been through a power outage what happens in a power outage is it turns off oh that totally great. happened um that power outage that i did the freezers the freeze dryer was doing blueberries and then it turned back on when the power came back on and it said power outage. Oh. And it said that so that if I had been dehydrating something, I was worried about going bad if it warmed up during the process. I could do that. Right. I could deal with it. Right. Blueberries, I was not worried about. And the blueberries turned out fine. So the power was out from six o'clock at night till 
one in the morning or two in the morning, which is so those blueberries defrosted during that time, I'm sure. But that wasn't enough time for nasties to grow. So then you in just blueberries. Start, start the process over again? Yeah, if it had been meat right, or milk or eggs, I would have taken those trays out and they would have also gone into the freezer Tetris and I would have, fro I would have just thrown them in the freezer and kept them frozen. Right. Yeah. Have you run it off a generator at all? Probably not then. Hey, no, 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 I haven't. Yeah, I was you just have to leave the generator on for 36 hours. That is very true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. yeah, that's what I was wondering. Um, I think it would be a, a fairly high high electricity use. You know, it would take up a fair bit of capacity, right? Yeah. Um says, could you use I, I'm thinking that's supposed to be tin cans, like freeze-dried foods come in. Would they last as long as mylar? You could totally if you have one of those canners, which I forget what they're called right now. You could totally put freeze-dried food in there. I'd probably Mylar bag them, then put them in the can. Yeah, personally. yeah. Do you know anybody that has one of those canners? I've always been intrigued by them. I know of somebody who has one in the Camden area. Okay. Oh. So <laughs> it's not where you're going. It's actually somebody else. But uh, I have not used one. Okay. I actually, I, I'm thinking about getting one to put green coffee beans in for shipping. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That those will be... last a long time, right? That, yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't, I don't know if you know James from over on uh, PBN. He's the CEO of Prepper Broadcast Network. He has um, Disaster Coffee. And yeah. he, sells, he sells green beans. Like I think it's yeah. five-pound packs or something. So that's cool. Yeah, I was wondering about that. That would look really nice on a shelf, and it would store quite well. I yeah, think. I mean, I just I did just buy some. So freeze-dried foods went on sale on Amazon last week from okay. a farm. I can't remember what brand. It starts with an A. Augustin. Augustin went on sale. And so like you could, it was, you know, about in many cases, 25 to 50% off retail. And John Willis saw it and he did a video about it. And a bunch of other people were showing what was on sale. And so I was like, well, what would I actually, so here's why I would want a, a number 10 can of freeze dyed food. A, it doesn't weigh very much. So easy, easily transportable. Yep. B, what would I want? Powdered butter. Yes. Powdered butter that was on sale. And then I was like, the chicken fettuccine. Why do I want chicken fettuccine as a keto person? Because when I'm sick AF, yep. I like even my canned foods, unless there's somebody here to cook for me, I have about enough energy to put something <laughs> in the microwave and hit go, you know? So with that, I can hit the kettle and and then I yeah. have a little bit of food. And at that point, I'm 0% worried about if I get carbs or not. When I'm sick like that, mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm going to eat two right. spoonfuls like of whatever it is. And then and I'm going to go. Although when I had COVID, I, I ate only beef. Really? I ate only beef. I put it through the pressure cooker. I actually, okay, no, there were some onions in there because you have to live your life a little bit in some salt. <laughs> but I didn't have any carbs, any vegetables, any dairy product of any kind so that I could detox my system as much as possible. And I was really sick of roast beef by the end of that week. I can believe it. Literally roast beef every meal, but every meal was like, you know, it's not like I want, I didn't want to eat that much when I was sick until I got through it. And then I was ridiculously hungry. I was, yeah, I, I got halfway <laughs> up the stairs last night after my episode. And yeah. I realized I never hit publish on the episode. And I'm like, Oh no. You're like, <laughs> Screw yeah. it. <laughs> I did. I, I, I wandered. I waddled back. I, yeah, I just kind of worked my way down. I'm like, oh, okay. 
hit it Rest and then yeah and like <laughs> take a minute you know but yeah it wasn't too bad but yeah um if anybody has any other questions out there feel free to throw them up uh don't throw them up but put the yeah put them in <laughs> all caps or whatever but um any other i don't know like tips or tricks or anything to get you anything to kind of get people excited. So I think the, the, so Jake Robinson actually really helped me out when I first got my freeze dryer, he was so excited for me. And that's the way he like, we make fun of him all the time. Oh, he's goodness. a super empowering guy. He's like, I want to call you and tell you all the things. And so he calls me and he's like, for the medium freeze dryer, 15 eggs per tray, one quart of milk per tray. Um, you know, these heat settings, he told me about the toilet paper filter and that you could filter your oil. And he, he told me that if you put your fan, a fan oriented on the vacuum pump, your, your loads will go faster and you won't get a heat warning on it. And those five things, and then he told me about the Betty's Harvest Right freeze dryer group and retired at 40. Oh, and with, the, with, that, with that little tips pack, that was all I needed to get started. And then at that point, it's, are you the kind of person that's willing to try something or not? Right. right? Just do it. <laughs> Go oh, do yeah. it. It's, I did. Uh, so this year, one of the farmer's market farmers looked at me and just said, my broccoli is going to bolt this week. And I was like, how much do you have? He's like, about a row. It's like, how much can I get that for? About a dollar a plant. So I sent tactical out to go get it. And he filled the entire back of my Chevy Tahoe full of broccoli plants that they just ripped out of the ground. They didn't even cut that. So it was like dirt <laughs> everywhere. There was tactical put a moving blanket down so he doesn't get the total frowny face. But there was dirt everywhere back there because the roots were hanging off with whatever dirt clods. I and I free I I spent the rest of that afternoon making my also my house full of dirt because it was just coming off the roots. And I blanched it and sliced it and then actually I sliced it and then blanched it and then froze it on trays yep. or it, anything I could find. I used cookie sheets and then like you put it thin on a cookie sheet and a cookie sheet is as long as one of my trays. And then you make like the little air gap down the middle. And so then okay. when that, that becomes, that became a broccoli ice cube that would fit perfectly in a tray and I got those all into the freezer and I started freeze drying it. And I have six gallon, half gallon jars of freeze dried broccoli. Did Ooh. I know if I even liked freeze dried broccoli? No, I was just like, let's see that. what happens. And so I tasted it and it tastes more broccoli than broccoli. It's like crunchy broccoli. And if I would have like put salt and garlic on it, it would make a really good road snack. Oh. I rehydrated something. The mouthfeel is fine. It tastes al dente at that point, if you just rehydrate it with a little hot water. So now I have all that broccoli that I got for a dollar a plant. Man, you could put that in a, I'm thinking a Ziploc bag, sprinkle a little salt and garlic powder or whatever yeah. on it. Shake, shake it, it all up. up. You got yeah. uh, tri uh, trip chips, you know, for yeah. your for Yeah, your way trip. healthier than potato chips at the at the store or those hickory sticks you sent me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, they were delicious. They were so they're good. I'm glad I only said, yeah, I think a bag, right? We're, there was only good. one bag. And it was gone. Okay. I was like, I'm Al just going to taste this. I'm I'm above this. I'm like, not above this. Alice was <laughs> so proud. She she picked everything out for you. And she's yeah. like, I can't wait to send her hickory sticks. All the my ketchup American chips things. were just weird. They are. They're sweet and tangy. I don't know. What would you yeah, call it? Weird. Yeah. I mean, they do. They indeed taste like ketchup. They do. 
but they're not off-putting. Now, I, of course, I grew up with them, so it's different, right? But yeah. Um, so, oh, uh, Jaggy from across the pond says hello too. But so hi, Jaggy. Becky's asking, so I'm going to answer this question so that other Canadians out there might know. I brought it up in the background. So there's a couple, Juicerville.ca and Good to goco.ca seem to be the go-to places in Canada to buy them because Harvest Right doesn't have, um, they, I don't think they have an actual Canadian website from what I've told. Been, have Possible. Found. Yeah. So, I mean, they're out of Utah. Right. Guess and, why. Yeah. It's just, gee, I wonder why, you know? <laughs> and uh, what do we got there? Uh, Brett. Oh, hey, Chef. Brett, how are you? says, I know a few folks that have done the dry canning with auction absorbers and desiccants. And, oh, and my nephew's on here. Got to shout him out, too. Hey, Nathan, how are you, buddy? Hey, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, any anything, any of the other kind of stuff that you've done with it or anything? You oh, let's try this. How about anything you haven't tried yet that you're excited to try? There's all sorts of stuff. So, I have, I've done ground beef. Mm-hmm. And that, and I've done stews that okay. I cook, and that is 100% of the meat I've done. So I'm really interested to um, do raw steak. Yeah. And what I've heard is if you do raw steak, it's shelf stable, and then you rehydrate it. It's like a steak, and it just cooks, and, and you can't even tell. I've heard the same with pork chops. The other thing I've heard is if you cook a ste steak to, say, rare or medium rare. Yep. And then you rehydrate it again, it it comes back in that state. So out of curiosity, I'm going to compare raw steak to a cooked steak and see what is the quality, again, for my backpacking world. Or, you know, like I was on this trip to Texas last time and I brought a bunch of freeze-dried food. I didn't, I just didn't want it. And I was like, what I wanted was a steak. And so I went out and found a steak. I'm like, I could have had a steak with me, maybe. So I'm going to huh. play with some of the, the freeze drying of meat because I do have three freezers full of meat. We just did our chickens for the year. So one freezer is 100% chicken right now. Actually, there's some Tetris pork um, <laughs> bacon packets in there. But you know what I mean? It's basically chicken. Yeah, yeah. And, and that happens every year. you know. And I'm just going to get that chicken eaten down and venison's going to come in because hunting season's going to start. So there's this, there's this constant rotation. If I can freeze dry some of that meat, that's not bad. I mean, I just canned 10 pounds of beef yesterday as part of that canning workshop. So that's another little square. It's another puzzle piece. I now have two puzzle pieces. I have <laughs> my friend came puzzle piece and in a totally different freezer, there's another puzzle piece open. I just throw that up. Uh, Mr. Ike says that Canadian Prepper also sells them. So that's good yeah. to know. I have an affiliate link if anybody oh, decides geez. to buy one. Ooh, yes. Let me get that to you. Yes. Throw it up in the comments yeah. there. Yeah. And well, while you're doing that, uh, David wants to, David Ziegler wants to know what your biggest failure has been. Maybe we touched on that, but we, you have... really the biggest failure besides that watermelon that I never got to eat was, was the melting of the Reese's pieces. And <laughs> I already had 20 pounds of Reese's pieces on hand. So then I had, and I don't eat much candy. And if I do, it's not Reese's pieces. Mm -hmm. So like I spend my candy chits on chocolate because chocolate is superior to Reese's Pieces. So that was really the biggest um, the biggest issue. Okay. There. So nothing else has been that horrible. I know. I mean, I've seen people with the milk explosion. I've seen people, marshmallows puff way up. So I've seen people do peeps wrong 
and the peach got so big that they exploded marshmallow everywhere. Oh. So you just you just gotta be careful, man. It, it, that's the deal. Have you tried coffee yet? Um, because yeah, like well, well, Chef Brett did coffee for me once, and it it tastes pretty good. Okay, but um, it's it's a lot of liquid, like it really shrinks down, right? If you think about what coffee is, yeah. So for me, I haven't really messed. I plan to to make espresso, and I I will then um, take it and sell it as freeze dried. Yeah. But I'm gonna do it as espresso because that'll have the most meat in it. Like cough, just coffee. Eh. But it does it does okay in the freeze dryer. It tastes like coffee. I wanted to do a con like for me if I was gonna resell it commercially. Doing a run of hollow roast coffee at a spray freeze dryer. What they do is they spray it in the air and instantly dehydrate it. It's a really oh. cool, like my freeze dryer doesn't do that. That's yeah. how like the stuff you get at the store is done. I would probably do a run there if I was going to do it large scale because the investment of time in doing a medium freeze dryer's load <laughs> is what it is. So I threw the affiliate link in the comments. I saw that. I forgot yeah. I can't pin from in here, but I'll, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, you can't. Not from, uh, not from StreamYard. I have to go into YouTube to do it, but I'll, I'll get that. I'll make sure it's there. What happens if you click on that comment? Maybe I'm crazy, or maybe I'm... Oh, no. It says put user in timeout. <laughs> now everybody's listening to us. Text yeah, us. sorry. Yeah. See, you can you can totally highlight it. There. We'll put it up there. So Yes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, I see. You mean pin it. I should have put on your YouTube comments. Oh, that's all right. Don't worry I'm about just it. trying to comment as myself. <laughs> I know I kept sending remember the first time we did this and I yeah. kept sending you're like why am I you were commenting but it was me commenting from DreamYard it's like oh yeah, yeah. on the Wednesday live I've started putting this is Nicole because sometimes we're going out on three channels mm -hmm. and the person commenting on the Wednesday live is almost always Nicole I don't think John Willis has ever ever typed a comment in for that so <laughs> yeah but it's like John Willis says something that John Willis would never say yeah, <laughs> and I'm like no that's not John that's not <laughs> John at all. No, no. I, I yeah, yeah. He, I, I, have you, you still tinkering with TikTok at all? I know. Yeah, I, I, I'm hot and cold with it right now because of it being a new thing I need to make time for. No, it's, it's good. Yeah. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. I'm glad John gave me a kick in the ass over it because I want to uh, do my first duet. I haven't done a duet yet. Oh, grab one of mine and duet. I, I, the, my favorite duet of yours was that lady complaining about people. You know, I'm talking about she was complaining about people duetting when all they're doing is recording their face, and you had like your face. I was like, animated. Uh, let's just turn it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, I, you know what? I, I think I maybe had only done one duet before that, and I'm like, hey, let's try it. It it's fun. It's just another it's another platform, you know, it's yeah. another place. Like I'm answering generator questions over there now, which is kind of cool. And I don't know, I, I dig it so far. It's been yeah, it's been pretty good. I you know, we only I, I need so to learn time. how to be disciplined with TikTok because the problem with TikTok for me is I get on there and like it's an hour later when I get off oh, there. I'm like, I just went to post a video I know. and I watched it's, all this stuff or I commented. Yeah, it'll suck your time if you're not it careful. It sucks the life right out of you. You want your, I just, you know, the scroll, the scroll, the scroll. And you're like, yeah, I, it, at least if I sit down and watch a YouTube video, it's usually to learn something. But TikTok, it's like it's well, it, you can learn and you do have to adjust your feed. You know, you, you have to develop it over time. I've been following more preppers, some Amish people, mm -hmm. self-reliance people, and it, it seems to help. 
it does, you know? Yeah. Well, what do you think, Nicole? Has we have we do you have any more time? Or are you pretty you we're getting what about an hour and twenty minutes now? Yeah, I can do more time if you want. It's up to you. We can go uh, and yeah, I don't know what um anything what what do you got going on at the holler right now? Um it's been a few months since I've been there. I kind of miss it already. Well, we have sheep. Really? And integrating sheep here has been interesting. Um, I will do an episode with Tactical just talking about what that looked like for him because there was this this period of time when you get livestock where you're like, I'm going to get livestock. And then you learn about the livestock and then you get the livestock and then it's way more work <laughs> than you thought it was, which we've gone through all phases of that. And now it's more of a routine, but it's still more work than he thought it was in part because we got a grass eating animal in Tennessee where last year the grass had to be mowed twice a week right? because it was growing so fast. And then it didn't rain for like six weeks. So the grass didn't grow at all. And so we thought they were going to rotate through my property a couple of times because the grass grows so fast and then, you know, go to another property. And it's not what happened. They went through mine once and I'm still recovering from it. Like not in a bad way, but the stuff needs to grow back in order to be food for the animals. So the other thing is the clay ground when it does not get rain becomes like brick. Yep. And then you're putting step-in posts into brick. Right. which means you have to pre-water everywhere you want to put a step-in post. In if you want to, and then that means you have to carry water for every single freaking post, right? Unless your hose reaches it. Yes. And even then, like, you can't just hose it real quick. It's like, it needs to be a slow drip. Because it just runs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. So that's it. Yeah. And then there are rocks here. So it's been, he was like, this was so much more work than I thought it was going to be. And now he's feeling a little stressed because he's behind on every other thing he thought he was going to do this year. So we're going to have a talk about that and what it was really like, because that is what it is really like on the he, homestead. Like he thought he was going to help me with the garden. He takes everything to, to such yeah. heart too. I love him. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's just uh, incredibly huggable just to look at him. You want to give him a hug. I don't know why. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Oh, he, hug raping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, he, he doesn't mind if I put him, you know, give him a side hug, but he's a good. Yeah. Fella. Side hugs are maybe. Yeah. He yeah. trusts you. Yeah. Well, that's true. I know. I know. I, yeah. yeah. But he, he just cares so much. You can just tell every time. He yeah. He really him. wants to do a good job. He's done. I mean, it's, there have been trials and tribulations, but the sheep are looking good. They're, you know, they're getting enough grass. I think he has the next two or three paddocks laid out. Uh, cost a lot more in fencing than originally planned but now some more fencing is coming in so because what what happens because we're rotating them right yep. the more pastures you have set up ahead of time the easier your life is sure. because then you're just like okay go there and they're like mm, food we're going there we but if what you're doing is like wait here while i finish running the wire then that's a problem they're like but that's i mean we, we did livestock for a lot of years and it always seemed like the livestock idea came and then the livestock came faster than the infrastructure <laughs> you were all we were always finishing chicken coops before the chickens would get here or building a, a i remember when we got our wiener pigs and uh we were i remember building a pen the night before we were getting them because well, they were on their way but i found goats i didn't find they we had three goats for a couple of years one time and i didn't find they were that um, how do you want to put it that great of a lawnmower, to be honest, like they did, but they, they just didn't, 
I mean, we had a big lawn they were in, but they, they ate, but they never really helped with the grass control. Let's put it that way. Yeah, the goats don't here either. They are better weed whackers than lawnmowers. Okay. And the sheep will eat the grass. They're better lawnmowers. Okay. But the sheep also are weed whackers. These the hair sheep are. So these guys, you know, they'll eat they they will browse off of trees and other things and eat the weeds back. So I wish I had embraced the fact that we needed hair sheep on this holler years before and not tried the goat step right because the goat i mean the goats did a lot here by being tethered out but i now have expensive goat pets right yeah because we've sort of grazed out where they you know they can still tether around and eat some stuff and that's great but it wasn't like there was this impenetrable thicket before the goats came the sheep i saw the sheep go on impenetrable impenetrable thickets and just mow them down. And part of it is because there are 11 of them. You so there's just a sheep? lot of eating activity. Yeah. And, you know, two goats or one goat can only do so much. How what far... I'd like to do is get the goats running with the sheep. That would be awesome. Is, Without um, people getting hurt or animals. Actually. So you know where, um, like where John Pugliano was set up for the spring workshop and he had the... the um, yeah. Hammer. So, you know, that grass there and then the trees that go up there, are those your trees as well? Like the, the woods that you walk toward, is that where Nighthawk lives up that way? Oh, or, okay. Um, those are not, so where there's a fence and a gate. Yeah. That's the property line. And then that's Nighthawk's property. They went through there though. Okay. I was going to say, could they go through? Cause I was thinking that would be a nice, like treed area. You said they, they like kind of that stuff too. Yeah, they do. They, they ate, they love poison ivy. Okay, really? Yeah. Wow. And they'll just eat it and have no problem with it? Yeah. Uh, what kind of sheep do you have? So St. Croix, and then there are a couple Katahdin. And they're going to be just strictly um, like uh, for their their wool or their hair? No, they're meat. They're meat. Oh, they're they, meat sheep. So they're hair sheep, so they don't make wool. Oh, that's what that means. Okay. Yeah, and so they're meat. So that's, and I love, I love lamb. So we'll be processing some this fall. Hopefully we'll get some new ones this fall too. Okay. Are you gonna But I want I want to reduce the herd for the winter because they eat hay in the winter when you're not growing grass. So yeah. Are they um uh are you gonna not get into breeding them, are you? Oh no, they're breeding. Oh they oh they bred. Cool. They so we bought them from a community member already bred in theory. Oh and then I have witnessed the um act happening since that time. No shame. Yeah, that's what happens. And um, hopefully they're pregnant. We will know. So in in September, we're going to be separating boys from girls because the girls may be giving birth in October. Okay. And we don't want the boys with the girls when they give birth. And then we're going to take the boys that are big enough to the butcher. So Jaggy has a question. I don't think I know the answer to this. Can you milk sheep like you can milk goats? Can you milk sheep? Yes. That's why there are cheeses out there that are based on sheep's milk. Did not know that. But what I've heard from people who raise sheep is uh, it's hard to get the sheep to want you to milk it. Um, something we're thinking about doing, but I don't know if I'll execute on this, is depending on the gender of what is born, I may decide to bottle feed females. Really? So that they are more handleable. Because... The females are more skittish than the males in this herd. So, like, 
some of these sheep are really, they're like, come scratch my back. Those are all males right now. And oh. then there's, you know, one of the females kind of will let me touch her if she's in the mood. And then the other two females are like, screw you, lady. We want nothing to do with you. And those two were kind of rescue sheep that ended up in the herd. They're the Katahdins. So if they have females and we're going to breed those females again, I, I may want to steal them and bottle feed them so they're just more friendly to us. Because what I would like are animals who birth to be animals I can intervene with if, if I need to. Or want to like I it's nicer to be able to walk up to mama whatever and deal with whatever situation happens was it the goats or was it the sheep that um uh was it uh tactical that hurt himself on one of them recently that was the goat that was the goat okay yeah well there's one goat that is not friendly how are the sheep oh go ahead no that's okay how are the how are the sheep? They're not too. I mean, I know you said they're, they're, skittish, so they're kind of skittish. Like if you come running up to them, they're going to run away, even though they know you. Really? And then and then the two primary males, who so there's like a hierarchy of males, the the you know the A and B male are will walk up and say pet me, and they'll snuggle. They'll actually okay. look for affection. Um, oh. And there's a third male now who sort of kind of walks up. And then all the rest of them think we're, we're scary. Really? Okay. Yeah. So you can catch them, but it takes some effort. How big of a paddock do you have built for them? So I don't know how big the bad paddocks are that we're building. Oh, okay. They're probably, when he does one, it's probably 100 by 100 feet or so. Depend. It kind of depends on the terrain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they'll just eat through it and then they go to the next one. And then That's they, cool. so they're being kept in by electric wire, which the people who have <laughs> before us trained them on that. And that works great. If you leave them somewhere too long, they will disrespect the wire and just move on to where they want to be though. They will. Okay. Yeah. They'll be like, well, that's going to be a little pain, but it's more painful not to eat. So I'm going to go do, I'm going to go slide under that. Um, but that as long as you keep them moving and having access to good food, they're fine. Or you can throw hay in. Right, then they'll eat the hay. Have you had any? Um, have you had any escape yet, or like, have you had to catch one that was outside of where it should be? Oh, they've gotten out a few times. Yeah. What's that like? That there was only one time that was sketchy where the whole herd got out. They didn't know us very well. It was their first week here, and they were spooked a little bit, and they were eating all the plants I didn't want them to eat on my hillside <laughs> garden. Oh and, no! And. At that point, they kind of knew tactical and they didn't know me very well at all. And so my method was to kind of freak them out in the right direction. And then tactical got sheep treats and shook them. And they're like, okay, actually, yeah, we do want to go out there. Now, when they get out, it's like, oh, okay, here, here's the pellets. Shake, shake, shake. They're like, treats? And they just oh, come. Okay. But once they know you, it's a lot. They're not that hard to get back in when they get out. They're not like goats. I mean, yeah, well, although I say my goat, if she got out, I mean, I did chase her a few times. But once I figured out that she was super curious, I would just pretend like I didn't care she was out. And then I'd go be like, wow, this is a really interesting bush. You No, you don't want to see this bush, but this is a really <laughs> interesting bush. And she'd be like, okay, I want to see the bush. And I'd grab her collar and then we're fine. So part yeah. of it is knowing the demeanor of the animal you're getting. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Well, there's one more question here. I'll get you. We'll ask that. And we can. Yeah. Um, so Leela, she said, I'm a little confused about when to use an O2 absorber, when to vacuum seal and when you need to do both when storing freeze dried food in canning jars. There are charts that you can look up that tell you what size O2 absorber to use based on the size of volume of food you're putting in. Okay. So the size O2 absorber adjusts based on the volume of food. And then my, my opinion is if you're vacuum sealing something, you don't need the O2 absorber. Other people disagree with me on that. In the bags, in the Mylar bags, most people are not vacuum sealing. They're just sealing with the O2 absorber to absorb any oxygen that was in the bag when they sealed it. Because they say that the vacuum sealers do not work. So they're just putting the O2 absorber in, then they're closing the bag, and that's it. They're sealing it with the sealer that came with the Harvest Right. If you vacuum pack that, I don't think you need an O2 absorber. Other people disagree with me. I am also not trying to store it for 25 years. If you want to hedge your bet, you throw that O2 absorber in there if you're actually going for the 25-year storage. Now, here's the cool thing about the O2 absorber. It absorbs the oxygen. What that means is if, like, you put one in a jar and you screw the lid on the jar... <laughs> and it works, it will suck, it will vacuum seal that lid on. It'll suck the oxygen out and that sucks that lid down. Same with the Mylar bags. If there's a little bit of air in there, it sucks that in. So that is how some people are quote unquote vacuum sealing. It's right. with the O2 absorbers. Okay. Yeah. Cause they, and functionally, they're both basically doing the same thing, removing yeah. any oxygen inside a sealed environment. Yeah. But if there is no oxygen, why do you need an O2 absorber? You shouldn't. That's what in I, case oxygen gets in. That's the only reason. Oh yeah, sure, sure. As a, a backup, I suppose. Because we we've, yeah. we've done some five gallon buckets with mylar bags, and uh, I ended up uh, buying a bunch of uh, hand warmers. Which for mm -hmm. those who don't know, <laughs> buy them cheap. I always tell everybody buy your seasonal stuff at the end of the season and buy them when they're on clearance because they last for forever if they're sealed up, really. Yeah. And, and then use them, and they work. I've had good luck with them so far, anyway. Yep. Yeah, I, yeah, I, we're an hour and a half, Nicole. I, I got to say thank you. I'm glad you carried the conversation today because. <laughs> <laughs> well, get past that crud, man. It sucks. Oh, I, I'm way, way better than I was. So that's yeah, all. well, just so here's my advice: if you have the the grip, Please. yes, the plague, the thing that's going around that everybody's afraid of, and that is when you start feeling like he is now, you feel a little better, and you're like, I'm going to go take on the world. If you do that, yeah. then the next day you're like, holy crap, I'm tired. So there's this thing that happens if you push it too far at first where you'll you'll pay for it. So just find that line. I'm worried about that. Yeah, because I am feeling better and I feel like I want to go do a bunch of things. But I, yeah, I get Yeah, you. do one thing and then be like, okay, how do I feel? Did I drink enough water? Am I keeping my vitamin regimen up? You know, like assess yep. as you go. You'll okay. find the line. I appreciate it. Because yeah, yeah. Uh, this is my first. It's gone through the house a couple times. My first time getting it. So here yeah. we are. Well, what good. You now you're it? inoculated. Apparently, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> you got your, the your V. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That thing obviously did its job, didn't it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's another yeah. story. So, yeah. Cool. Thanks, Nicole. Any um, I mean, for the couple people that livingfreeintennessee.com is that the easiest way? Or yeah, livingfreeintennessee.com and hollerroast.com for coffee. If you are in Canada, sorry. It's okay. It happens. <laughs> that's why I'm here now. So yeah, you can come pick some up at the Self Reliance Festival on October first yes. and second. Um, Toolman Tim's going to be speaking there, so you'll have a fellow Canadian to hang out with. And those tickets are available at selfreliancefestival.com. 
I'm stoked. I cannot yeah. wait. I, I, I can't get my fill of Tennessee. Um, oh, I'm, I'm firming up some live music right now, too. So there's going to be some Saturday Ooh, evening stuff going on. Nice. Too. Yeah. And Becky is going to be, she's flying. So she is already set that she's coming back to spring workshop next year. Yeah. And, and it's only like a week after she gets back from England. She already <laughs> said she's coming back and she's coming with me. So cool. Yeah, it'll be good. But yeah. Great. All right. Thanks, Nicole. Yeah, thank you. All right. Have a good day, guys. We'll get whoops. There we go.